The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot-takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, Go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. The Pirates lost three out of four to the San Diego Padres. And I don't know how. They're not good. None of their outfielders could make plays. At the end of the game, they threw the ball to second base instead of to first base, which was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I'm not talking just about in baseball. Uh, I'm talking overall. I'm not usually a hyperbole guy, but that was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen. How many balls did San Diego misplay? How many times did they not make the routine play? And yet the Pirates wound up losing three out of four. How many guys did the Pirates stranded in scoring position on Friday night? They were two for 15. What a frustrating series. And make no mistake about it, San Diego is awful. The Pirates let a great opportunity slip through their grasp. I said that they should go 7-2 and two in their stretch against bad teams and set themselves up at 30-19 and 19 for what's going to be a very difficult part of their schedule, but they've gone 3-3 three and three against the Cupcakes, and the Reds are next up. And the Reds last year beat the Pirates 13 times. That's right. Out of 19. So it's tough to be presumptuous there and say the Pirates are going to take care of business. If the Pirates sweep them, though, they're fine. Two out of three, though... And they haven't taken advantage of the gift that the schedule makers gave them. You might not realize this. But the Pirates season is teetering right now. Out of their next 13 games, 13 of them are going to be against NL Central foes. First three against the Reds start tomorrow. They're also going to play the Nationals. They're going to play the Dodgers, who aren't good yet, but I still think are a team that can contend for a playoff spot when it's all said and done. So I don't think I am being dramatic. They're a game and a half behind the Brewers. They need to make some hay against these bad teams. And I ask you, do you think that the Pirates are going to spend another day in first place this season? They're a game and a half back of the Brew Crew. You tell me. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. We are live at the Bamboo Bar outside of the North Park Clubhouse in Cranberry. Hey, I made it here this time. Uh, last time I went to the North Park Lounge... In Wexford, I want to say? I don't even know where I was. I'll tell you where I wasn't. Here. Uh, a half hour late. Could have gotten fired. But I didn't. And we're good. And you should come over here. Because we're giving away a trip to St. Louis. To see the Pirates play the cards. It is the Budweiser NL Central Tour. If you show up at the Bamboo Bar outside the North Park Lounge in Cranberry within the next, oh, 35 minutes or so, you'll have an opportunity to sign up for that trip. Yeah, you just got to find Alex. You got to find our booth. Right when you walk in the door, I'm the sexy one, and then, well, you'll see Alex wearing red. Gregory Polanco might need to sit for a day or two. He's had a good month. He's got an OPS around 900, really, this month. The problem is that he's stunk the last three or so games, and it looks like these problems are going to take some time to correct. He's always been a streaky player. But he swung through a lot of pitches yesterday. A lot of pitches. He popped up the ones that he did get his bat on. And he misplayed that ball in the outfield. 
It was just terrible. It was awful. It was good to see Josh Harrison back in the lineup. He looks like he's at 100%. But Polanco can add something to this team that they struggle with at times, and that's power. If he's swinging through balls, yikes. I know he's on pace for about 30 home runs this year, but he's only had, I think, two this month. He's trending in the wrong direction after what was such a promising start to the year. Huge, massive, large, big series against the Reds starting tomorrow, though. I don't think that can be overstated. Certainly not by me, because I've been talking about it a bunch. How about the Golden Knights? Emily Kaplan's going to join us from ESPN coming up in about 13 minutes here on the show. Can you remember anything more improbable in all of sports than this? Now, the Miracle on Ice was a huge upset, but it was just a game. The Giants-Pats 2007 was insane, but it was just a game. Giants-Patriots uh, in 2000, oh, pardon me, Jets-Colts in Super Bowl three was a huge upset, but again, it was just one game. I think that what they've done over the course of this season is something that we really haven't seen in professional sports. I know Leicester City did it in the Premier League last year, but we don't care about anything that has to do with the British side of things, except when they get married. That's it. They marry one of our women and we care. But not the uh, Leicester City. Yeah, come on. 13-9 and nine was shocking, but it was one game. I guess Butler's couple of improbable runs to the championship game in college basketball were very surprising but we now know Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA he certainly was uh, head and shoulders above his competition in the NCAA and well weird stuff like that happens in the NCAA tournament every year I can't think of one you tell me though at underscore Adam Crowley Flurry, Perron, Neil, Reeves, and Englund were all one-time Penguins. I liked all those guys, except for Neil. He was a douche. But I'm rooting for Vegas. For the story more than anything, but for Vegas, or for Marc-Andre Flurry as well. But the story's crazy. McNabb and Schmidt, two jabronis, were on the ice for Vegas at the end of the game that they were killing it off the other night. I mean, come on. A lot of these guys are good players, but so many of them were has-beens, or so many of them had never lived up to their potential, and they're all exceeding the expectations at one time right now. I've never seen anything like it. And I am rooting for that to happen because of it. I also think that it's tremendous for the league to have a story like this. A, because it gets the national audience tuning in, and B, because it creates what can be a new hockey hotbed market in an area that they don't have hockey success. I mean, just think about what Phoenix has done. Nothing, and they've been there for a long-ass time. They don't have a fan base because they haven't done anything in a long-ass time. Vegas, though, year one, they're already at the final. That creates a situation where you're going to want to go to games. It creates a new fan base in this league. The Penguins also did the right thing in the expansion draft. Anybody who's intelligent should not question that fact. Matt Murray was the goaltender getting mobbed on the ice during each of the Penguins' back-to-back Stanley Cup runs. He stopped a bunch of pucks against New York, against Washington, against Tampa, San Jose in 2016. He made big stops against Ottawa and Nashville in 2017. 
When the expansion draft rolled around, he was 23 years old. His save percentage in the playoffs was 928. Marc-Andre Fleury only had one playoff run that saw him post a higher mark than Murray's career number. That was in 2008. The Penguins could only protect one goalie. Matt Murray was the guy who could win now, but he could also win in the future. Marc-Andre Fleury is the guy who could win now. (coughs) So it was a slam dunk decision. One that was made without a second thought by Jim Rutherford. Even if there wasn't an expansion draft, the marriage was going to end here in the Steel City. Fleury deserved to be a number one goaltender. Meanwhile, so did Matt Murray. Marc-Andre and Matt were friends. Things worked out far better here than they would have in other places. Hell, look at what's going on with Ben and Mason Rudolph. Rudolph is not going to take the job of Ben Roethlisberger, yet Ben's acting like a little bitch. The flurry murray relationship was a good one, but both guys deserved to start, and it was going to be a problem under the cap anyhow. Consider this. Ron Hainsey, Chris Kunitz, Matt Cullen, Trevor Daly, and Nick Benino walked away in the offseason. This after the Penguins saved money against the cap. So it needed to happen. All those guys walk away. You saved a couple mil. You'd really have been up against it if you didn't get rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. And not to mention, just because Fleury's the clearly better goaltender today, that doesn't mean he was the better goaltender when the decision was made. I said last year during the playoffs that Murray was better than Fleury had ever been. Fleury's athleticism is always more fun to watch than Murray, who's typically stoic in the net and doesn't move a bunch. He's just bigger and positionally sound. But Murray's numbers through last year were better. Murray's career regular season save percentage is higher, as is his playoff save percentage. Murray had a damn 937 save percentage last year in the playoffs. Fleury never did that until this season. Never in his Penguins career. Not close, in fact. Murray had a 9.23 save percentage in his first year in the playoffs. Flurry only ever did that twice in his Penguins career. Once the Penguins were still eliminated in five games. Matt Murray's had two seasons in the league that his save percentage has been 9.23 or above. Marc-Andre Flurry didn't have one until this year. Again, Jim Rutherford did the right thing. The expansion draft actually made it so it wasn't as messy as it certainly could have been if you want to blame the nhl for effing up that's fine but you can't lump jim rutherford into that category maybe the gms did screw up a bunch but he didn't how about dale talent florida gm he gave up jonathan march so he gave up riley smith we're really good at revisionist history and we're really good at seeing what we want to see ryan Reeves scores his first goal as a golden knight he wasn't even playing when the playoffs began but now, because of that, the Broussard trade was a total flop in some people's eyes because Reeves made a difference, however small, in their ascension to the Cup Final. There were Penguins fans coming out of the woodwork who were pissed about Flurry. Then I had to talk one off the edge on Facebook. No, man, they should never have given up Flurry. They should have given up Murray. There's not a GM in the history of the sport that would have done that. There are Penguins fans mad about the Reeves trade and how they used him when he was a Penguin. Just because something works out for one team does not mean it was the wrong decision for the other team. And as I mentioned, he scored his first goal just yesterday for Vegas. It's not like he was playing a bunch there anyhow. In fact, he played the the least amount of minutes on their team in yesterday's game. It was a fluky goal scored by a player who does not put up a lot of offensive production and a player who wouldn't be playing 
for Pittsburgh unless the injury situation were dire enough that he need to play for Pittsburgh. If he were still here, they would go through Dominic Simone before him. They would go Tom Kuhnhockel before him. They would go Joris before him. In the playoffs, no question about it. So he wasn't going to play here. He barely played there. He scored a goal. Come on. Ian Cole and Ryan Reeves helped pave the way for Broussard to become a Penguin. Broussard can help the Penguins win a Stanley Cup next year, and it just doesn't mean because Reeves and Cole played reasonably well that the Penguins didn't make a good deal there. The Penguins got the best hockey player there, period. They didn't lose because they didn't have Reeves. They didn't lose because they didn't have Cole. They lost because they were hurt. Broussard, Kessel, Malkin, they all didn't look like themselves in the Washington series, and it happens because it's hockey. All this hand-wringing because of the success that Las Vegas is having is absurd, and it's bizarre because as Penguins fans continue to lament the fact that Rutherford had to give up Flurry, they're at the same time rooting for him. It's weird, especially the way that Flurry was treated during his time here in Pittsburgh. He had some bad playoff series, but so did the team, and when he performed poorly, he was always the scapegoat. Now he's beloved here and should have been kept. Yeah, okay, cute. He's never been more popular in Pittsburgh than he is right now. Last year he was tremendous in the playoffs, but he's more popular right now even than he was then. I always defended him against his haters because he was a great player, and he was wrongly blamed, much like Matt Murray was at times this year. But the love affair from Pittsburgh strikes me as disingenuous or a lie. How about the Washington Collapsitals? We'll see what happens to them in about an hour and 45 minutes. Tampa's one win away from going to the Stanley Cup Final. And Washington pooped all over themselves. They could still win the series, but this is why I said it was stupid when people were saying that they could play freely without the Penguins monkey on their back. It's hockey. There are too many narratives. Tampa's good. Washington's good. That's why the series is now 3-2. to two. But wouldn't it just be typical for the Capitals in absolute Caps fashion for them to be up 2-0 and then still lose the series? Spoiler alert, yeah, it would be. Coming up next, Emily Kaplan of ESPN will join the program to talk puck. I'll get into a little bit more of the Capitals and Tampa series because I think Alex Ovechkin is going to get blamed for their loss even though it's not his fault. It's the Crowley Show. Live in Cranberry at the North Park Lounge. It is the Bamboo Bar. We are on our NL Central Budweiser Tour. Come on by and register for a chance to win a trip to St. Louis for two. You get to go to an entire series between the Pirates and the Cardinals. And you get the airfare. You get the hotel. It's badass. Sign up. The drawing is coming up at the beginning of our final segment of the show. So probably about 20 minutes from now, just got this tweet from Dan Kingerski's ego. Ah, a parody account. I believe I might be being trolled here. It says Hunwick's contract was unnecessary for the Penguins. They could have kept Mark Andre Fleury. I'll entertain this for half a second because I do think I am being trolled. Uh, Hunwick is making a lot less money than Mark Andre Fleury was making, so it wouldn't have worked out money-wise. And brah, the Penguins also had to leave one of their goaltenders exposed. One of them. One of them had to be exposed, and just the reality. So it doesn't matter one way or another whether the salary fits. 
What matters is that they were effed from the start. We're joined now by Emily Kaplan of ESPN. She's one of our favorite people to talk to. She's also one of our favorite people covering hockey at a national scale these days. Uh, Emily, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's my pleasure. I was uh, in Winnipeg all day, so this might be my highlight. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I will tell you, today is apocalyptic in uh, Winnipeg. It's apparently Victoria Day. Everything is closed, including the Tim Hortons, so I'm assuming everyone's just inside in mourning. Wow, that is awful, uh, especially given their hockey team's recent loss. I'd imagine that they'd want to be out at the bars or uh, doing something to cope, and, well, not really possible, I guess. Uh, as for the other side of that coin, Vegas, I don't really have a question, Emily, so much as I have a comment, which is, Vegas, what the hell? <laughs> I think that's what everybody in the NHL is saying, and I do love what John Cooper, the coach of the Lightning, said today before their Eastern Conference Finals game. He was like, look, this isn't a Cinderella story. It's a success story, and I'm sorry for the background sound. I'm just now getting to the airport. Um, but I think that's the way to view it. And it's like, look, the NHL did set them up better than any other expansion team in the past, but George McPhee and the team he built there really exploited the system, and they did everything right, and credit to go to them. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I do wonder if the next time the NHL expands, whether it's in Seattle or wherever, if they're going to have similar rules. I think it's a great thing for the league that they have now a fan base that's going to be engaged, you'd think, for a little while, given the success that the, uh, the uh, Golden Knights had so early. Yeah, and I can answer that question for you. It is 98% inevitability that the NHL will expand to 32 teams and Seattle will be that team. They've already gone ahead and got their ticket drive, and they're ahead of where Vegas was. And Gary Bettman has said time and time again, as we reporters have asked him, they will get the same exact expansion format. The only difference I see is I think teams are going to be savvier about it. They just weren't used to it, and they're making all these side deals and overthinking it. And I just think poor Seattle because, look, they're not probably going to surprise everyone like the Golden Knights did. Yeah, no, uh, that is not going to happen. It's still shocking to me that this has happened. And you're right about the side deals. Uh, the Penguins had to ship over a second-round pick to ensure that Marc-Andre Fleury would get taken by George McPhee and the Golden Knights, and a lot of that went on. Riley Smith wound up getting shipped so that Marchessault would wind up on the roster. How's that look for uh, the Florida Panthers now? But uh, I think that this is the best thing that could happen for the league. How do the general managers feel? How do other owners feel about this team uh, having the success that they're having right now? Sure. Well, I don't think they're happy with the fact that a team came into the first year and just made it look easy because that's kind of just fooling all of them, saying, look, how come you guys can do it to their own fan bases? At the same time, I think they understand it's good for the sport of hockey, right? We're always battling exposure in this sport. We, we need more people to pay attention. How many random people on the street are talking about the Golden Knights? A ton. And the other part about this is, A, Bill Foley paid $500 million. That money was split between all the GMs and owners. Like, think about it. That's a big cash flow for each team, and that's why they're not really complaining about the expansion format. And, B, you look at so many times the NHL has tried to expand to non-traditional areas. I'm thinking of places like Carolina and Atlanta and Florida, minus the Lightning, who have done a good job in that community. Uh, Arizona is another example. And they've struggled. And here in Vegas, you know, we thought they were going to have to market to out-of-town fans. Like if the Detroit Red Wings were in town, they're going to have to have Detroit people living in Vegas go. Well, no, they've got a ton of tour, um, locals at the game. And they do this thing during the games where they're like, cheer if you're a tourist, and a couple people cheer. And then they say, cheer if you're a local, and the place goes absolutely huh. bonkers. And that's huge. It is, and it's definitely not expected from that standpoint. Emily Kaplan from ESPN 
joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, as for the team itself, has Marc-Andre Fleury done enough that, barring a collapse, this is a guy who should win the Smythe Trophy either way, whether their team <laughs> loses? Honestly, I think we're at that point, right? I mean, he's just above and beyond any other candidate at this point. I mean, Mark Scheifele was probably closest to him because he had a ridiculous amount of goals, but he, he stifled Mark Scheifele at the last four games. So uh, I do think that he is your cons, my front runner, uh, no matter what happens, um, even if they lose. Who else on Vegas, I guess this is probably not the right question, is playing above expectations? I suppose <laughs> they all are, but what has it been? Who has carried them other than Marc-Andre Fleury to this point? Well, I'll just tell you one player who I think exemplifies our success, and part of it is me just being really mean deep in his story because I've got a feature story coming out on him this week, but uh, William Carlson, who's their first-line center, and he's a perfect example because, look, this kid was dumped by two teams in his first three years in the league. He was most recently with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Tortorella just thought of him as a bottom six forward. He's like, look, you're good defensively. You can kill penalties, but I don't see you anything more than that. So they got rid of him in the expansion draft, and here he comes to Vegas. Gerard Gallant's like, I'll give you a role in the top line. Let's see what you can do. And he's been insane. He scored 43 goals chasing Alex Ovechkin after scoring only six last year. He created so many opportunities for his line mates like Jonathan Marshall and Riley Smith, who have also been terrific. And I think he just kind of exemplifies what everybody on this team is, and they're just all players who needed a new opportunity. It was really cool to see Derek Anglin. Uh, be the guy to accept the trophy yesterday. They don't have a captain, which is odd. You don't see that in NHL circles, although I suppose it makes sense. I wonder if he'd be the guy to carry the Stanley Cup if they were to win it. I wonder if he, it would be Marc-Andre Fleury. It just seems like anybody who they plug in, I mean, you, you mentioned Carlson, they seem to perform above their expectations. Uh, they've got a lot of great guys in the room. Uh, I don't. Again, I really don't have a question. I'm just in awe, Emily. I'm in awe. <laughs> I'm in awe, too, and I mean, someone that Pittsburghers are pretty familiar with from his play last year is Ryan Reeves. Like, how about that? Right. He was kind of confused by the fact that the Penguins even picked him up. He's like, they never carried a player like me. I, I don't know. I wasn't really playing a ton of minutes. I mean, there was a handful of games. He played less than four minutes for Pittsburgh. He comes there. They give him a slightly larger role, and he scores a gosh darn game winner last night. It was insane. Who's a better matchup for Vegas? Who do you think they'd rather play? That's a great question. Uh, I think they might want to play the Capitals. They're such a fast team, uh, and, and I think the Lightning can probably have – I think they have the manpower, especially with their defensive court, to slow them down. Um, that's not to say to discount these Capitals, but I, I just think the Lightning overall are a deeper team. Yeah, I think so too. And with the way Vegas plays structurally and with their speed, I think they're going to give either team – uh, a run for their money. Uh, I'm done doubting them. I, I said whenever they got uh, two wins away from the Stanley Cup final that I was finally going to say, okay, they can do this thing. Uh, now I might as well just bet everything on them. Uh, <laughs> who do you think's going to come out of that series uh, between Tampa and Washington? You know what? Every single series this year, I bet I, I've predicted against the Golden Knights. I did not bet. I predicted. Um, and I, I look foolish after every single round. I'm getting a ton of people in my Twitter feed posting the article, previewing the Jet series, where I said the Jet death will prove too much for the Golden Knights, which is just an old takes exposed from like two weeks ago. So um, I'm not going to play that fool again. I, I think I have to finally get on the bandwagon and pick the Knights. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are in your uh, same shoes, Emily, uh, that they, they doubted them, and for good reason. I. I mean, you look at the lineup, and they, I mean, they've got good players, but 
I thought Winnipeg was the better team. I thought Winnipeg had the home ice advantage. I thought Winnipeg's uh, goaltender, Hellebuck, was playing good hockey, and, well, it just doesn't matter. Uh, as for Washington and Tampa, you like the Capitals to come back and, and tie this thing up tonight, or do you think it's time for the Lightning? It's tough. I think no matter what, I do see the Lightning prevailing, just because I think if this goes home for Game 7, they're, they're going to close it out. Uh, I think the Capitals could have a little life still in them, but um, I, I think this is Tampa series to lose. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, we had talked about this uh, whenever you came on the first time on the show. Oh, man, right at the beginning of the playoffs. And the Capitals <laughs> were down. They were down 2-0. And we talked about, oh, maybe the Caps need to uh, blow this thing up. Uh, it doesn't look like that needs to be the case, obviously, at this point, as they're uh, this close to perhaps going to the Stanley Cup final. But what do you think the narrative is going to be if they don't win this series, the way that they were up and then lost? Do you think that they're going to get crushed? Do you think that Ovechkin is going to be the guy that gets blamed? Because I think all of that would probably be unfair at this point. Yeah, I don't think we can blame Ovechkin for anything this year. He has been above and beyond expectations in every sense of the form. Um, I do think that Barry Trotz, though, I, I would still watch his job security. And I know this is crazy. He finally got over the hump and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he's about a contract for next year. And I think at this point, even if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose, um, I would be surprised if he did come back. Uh, last couple of things for Emily Kaplan of ESPN. So you're leaving Winnipeg. Where to now? I, hopefully, for your sake, it's Tampa and Vegas, right? <laughs> no, I get to go home to Chicago for a couple of days, which is great because I really need to do laundry. <laughs> well, I like TMI. the great work. Uh, we are very much, uh, no, hell no, not to TMI. you got to get the laundry done. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, have fun covering the upcoming final, and uh, hopefully all your uh, pants are clean. I appreciate that. Thanks. Sometimes you're just not good enough. That was uh, Emily Kaplan, who is always good enough for ESPN.com covering the NHL. Uh, if the Capitals lose, it's not because Ovechkin choked. It's not because Braden Holpe choked. It's because they weren't good enough. In, in years past, it's been because they haven't gotten the secondary scoring. I don't think Ovechkin's been the GOAT, or he shouldn't have been the GOAT in some of these failures that the Capitals have had. Now, in Game 7 last year, he unluckily hits the butt end of Marc-Andre Fleury's stick. In 2009, he gets robbed by Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, some of these things are his fault, some of them are not. He was unable to clear the zone on two of the, uh, on both of the Penguins' goals in Game 7 last year, and that's a problem. But largely, it's not his fault that they get eliminated. And if they get eliminated this year, I don't think it's anybody's fault. I just think it's they ran into a good team. Uh, they've been getting some contributions this year from guys uh, Chandler Stevenson, Travis Boyd Nathan Walker, Kristen Juice Madison Bowie uh, Jakob Vrana uh, Shane Gersick, all of those guys have played well, all of those guys have scored and because of that they've gotten to this point and if they lose it's not going to be because they didn't get enough it's not going <coughs> to, pardon me choking it's not going to be because they didn't get enough from those guys it's not going to be because they didn't get enough from Ovechkin it's going to be because Tampa got a little bit more and we saw Vasilevsky play a fabulous game when the series was even in game number four sometimes you run into a hot goalie sometimes your goalie doesn't play well enough I think that this team win or lose should have their heads held high and that's not like me to say about Washington. I don't like their organization. I think that they play dirty at times and they don't need to play dirty. Uh, I know that they have not 
wound up winning series in key moments. And I just don't love their general vibe and how much attention they play to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think that's ever a really good strategy whenever you're trying to catch a team is to focus all your attention on said team. But all that being said, I'm not going to be negative towards that squad tomorrow if they do collapse. That's a lie. I'll call them the Washington Collapse. It'll... I'm lying about all that. I'm going to rip them. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. It is the three stars of the show. It's other crap. And we're also going to give away a trip for two to St. Louis. Live here at the North Park Lounge. It's the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hey, it's Ryan Seacrest. Red Nose Day returns on May 24th. Since 2015, Walgreens has been supporting Red Nose Day and helped raise over $100 million for children living in poverty. Just a dollar can make such an amazing impact on children who desperately need help, nutritious food, or school supplies. So head into Walgreens, the official retailer of Red Nose Day, to pick up your red nose or purchase participating products to help ensure children here in the U.S. and around the world are safe, healthy, and educated. Get your red nose today, only at Walgreens, because everyone counts. It's just one of those damn shows today. I mean, uh, it cuts in and out. Delay whenever I'm talking to callers. And I cough. Can't read. At least I showed up at the right place, though. That's an improvement upon the last. Oh, man, this show can be so good when it's not today's show. I mean, when it's any other day, it's been great. Today's just not not feeling it. I don't have my magic powers, not to mention we've got some technical difficulties, but we're okay. We're moving on. Tomorrow's going to be a great show, as they usually are here on ESPN Pittsburgh. We're wrapping things up at the North Park Lounge. It is your last opportunity to sign up to win a trip to St. Louis for two airfare, hotel, tickets, to the Pirates and Cardinals upcoming series off of free. Last chance, and we will announce it. Who is the winner coming up in a few moments? Tell you what. Ah, pretty good deal. A lot of people partying out here at the Bamboo Bar, so even if you don't get an opportunity to sign up, come on out, have some fun, drink some beers, make some bad decisions. Don't drive, but, you know, have some fun, seedy fun. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> day, day, day. <laughs> Steve Kerr said that the great thing about sports is that somebody wins, somebody loses, and nobody dies. Steve's got a great point there. We far too often make life and death. Uh, I've got a buddy who in high school, or pardon me, in college, kicked down our front door at our domicile, screaming about how his teams never win. It was after the Baltimore Orioles lost to the New York Yankees in the playoffs. He then did a hole in his own bedroom door. It was a drunken rage. It's like someone slept with his girlfriend and then his father, and that's not what happened. His baseball team lost. In this town... When the Penguins lose, even after winning two straight Stanley Cups, we hear all the negativity. Well, Murray stunk. His glove hand's awful. This guy blows. What's going on with Kessel? I think the Penguins missed a huge opportunity. I think that this failure is going to haunt them to the grave. And 
I get that talk is one of the reasons why sports is so great. In analyzing sports is what makes the sports so great. But it is not life and death. It's not the most important thing in your life. It shouldn't be the most important thing in your life. Uh, if Will Greer wins the Heisman Trophy and West Virginia wins the NCAA football championship, I'll be a very happy man. But if they were to lose, if they're to do what they've always done, I'll be upset for a while and I'll eventually get over it because I'll roll over and my wife will be there. I'll pet my dog. We'll take some trips. We'll get to sit out on our deck and drink beer. There's a lot more to life than sports. And as much as I love sports and as much as I love talking about sports and as much as I myself uh, have a big time affinity for sports, it doesn't mean that it's anything more than what it needs to be, which is entertainment. Hey, guess what? George Ripper from Pittsburgh is the winner of our trip to St. Louis, the Budweiser NL Central Tour. Uh, it's a nice old man and his wife. Uh, they were the ones who would have been most excited, and they are very excited right now. I'm going to start crying. I'm telling you, these guys are very happy. Ah, a couple of old folks traveling to St. Louis taking the team. They probably wouldn't appreciate me calling them old folks, but whatever. It's other crap. Woo! That was the hottest take of the day. Other crap. The Vegas Golden Knights have more Stanley Cup final appearances than the Browns had wins last year. Woo! Other crap. Hey, you got to be happy for the long-suffering fans in Las Vegas. Woo! Other crap. Hey, the Washington Capitals are now down three games to two. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. Jesus. Woo! The delay is really killing other crap right now. Other crap. Mason Rudolph will wear the number two for the Steelers. That means they will have to unretire the number that they had to retire after unretiring it for Michael Vick. It had previously, obviously, been retired for Brian St. Pierre. Woo! Other crap. The WNBA's expansion Vegas Aces got beat by 40 in their first game. It's a Bush League. Woo! Other crap. Tom Brady may not be going to OTAs and did not report today. His return is TBD. Woo! Other crap. Yeah, we're going to punt on the rest of other crap. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show, Emily Kaplan! It is Emily Kaplan. Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's my pleasure. I was uh, in Winnipeg all day, so this might be my highlight. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley! Also, that girl gets around. A couple of security guards? Like, move on up. Get a cop. There you go. Screw bouncers. Security guards? Yeah, go be with a cop. FBI. Step it up. 
I don't blame her for cheating on this guy, though. Yeah, big fat guy. Yeah, eating permani sandwiches. And tonight's first star <laughs> of the show, Will Graves! I mean, I've got credentials from five Olympics in the Kentucky Derby and the Indy 500 and the Final Four in the World Series around my neck. And I'm like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm legit, right? And then these kids just think, could not care less. And there you have it. Uh, it was a good show from that standpoint. Uh, delay really screwed up other crap. We'll be okay, though. We'll move on. Tomorrow we're back in the studio. Rest of the week, next week, we're all in the studio until we're back here again for the NL Central Tour. Congratulations again to George Ripper from Pittsburgh. Uh, he looks to be about a 70-year-old man with his wife. And they're thrilled. He's a huge baseball guy. She came up to us during the break and was talking our ear off about the Pirates and what they need to do with Gregory Polanco. And I'm thrilled for them. So awesome that we were able to give them the giveaway. Thank you so much to Budweiser for sponsoring the NL Central Tour. And, of course, thank you to the North Park Lounge for having us allowing us to drink their beer and eat their food. There are worse things to do. Even when the show's not good, you still have fun out here. Coming up tomorrow on the program, OTAs begin, so Dale Lolly will join us at 5 to discuss. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Washington one way or another, win or lose. That's tomorrow. ESPN Pittsburgh. Peace out, bitches. Who the hell?